Mike's computer is dead. So I never really heard much of him. Uh, but uh, yeah, 
I, I'm barely familiar with him otherwise. Uh, uh, then, you know, other than kind of trials and tribulations. I would have thought he would have been dumber, too. I, the course, for me, the most interesting part of that whole thing was the, the bonkers shit they were saying about John Lennon, who is another evergreen topic around here at the opening. Uh, uh, I think that... They both agreed that Lennon's solo stuff was the strongest of all the Beatles and that John Lennon's uh, songwriting came to flower once he met... that. No, the, the host, not Artie, said this, that John Lennon's songwriting came to flower uh, when he met Yoko Ono. And I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. You know, it's Lennon pretty much checked out right around that time as a Beatle. Had a couple of bursts of the... The old genius, uh, not even the old genius, a new kind of weird confessional genius uh, after that, and then just went off into sort of smooth piano rock as far as uh, from where I sit. That's how I'm being a little bit, uh, I'm being a little bit dismissive of it more than I actually believe. You know, I, I obviously I know there's, there's a reason I know John Lennon's solo music inside and out. It's because I have some kind of affection. Thing, what, what, is, what, is what is that? I thought that uh, story that already told about uh, how Lennon met uh, Yoko was kind of funny, though. I, I don't know if it's true. I think I skipped ahead too much. He said that, that Paul had met Yoko and had given her uh, John's address as a joke because he, he thought she was just some nutcase. Okay, hold it right and, PC, does that... Jive. Yeah, I've heard that seems to be the thing that she was looking for, uh, sort of, I mean, the bankroll, some project that she had, and she. They ought to perpetuate their own legends. I mean, she, Yoko claims she didn't know who the Beatles were when she met John Lennon, and there's no truth to that. Yeah, so. just like George H. W. saying he didn't know where he was when Kennedy died. Go oh, right. <laughs> it's just like that. It's All right. just impossible. All right, Mike. BZ, break. Go back, Cormac, please. Oh, um, well, that, he, he gave her, he gave her, um, John, uh, uh, Paul gave her John's address as a joke, and then next thing he knows, uh... They're breaking up the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> no way, the Beatles broke up Fluxus, come on. <laughs> That's right, Brian, you tell them. <laughs> yeah, the Beatles, they weren't making any great art anymore, they were at the end. And John knew when it was time to go. How's that for a different take? John was in a heroin stupor and couldn't have cared less. That was what I think what was going on there. I think that, somehow, yeah. somehow we've got to be able to blame Harry Nielsen somewhere along the line here. <laughs> I, I think this is a, that's like a kind of an odd topic I've been wanting to bring up on here. It's probably Feel best free. I like for a night where there's a lot more people. But I've always wondered if there's ever been a, a we'll exclude Brian Wilson from this because that guy had mental problems. But was there ever been a, a leader of a band who checked out harder than John had checked out after Sgt. Pepper came out? Like. <clears throat> Dude went from doing like a, a day in the life to uh, I'm so tired. And while I think yeah, I'm so tired is a great song and all, yeah. it's, like, it's all his ambition just went out the window. Yeah. 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 Two years later, he's writing songs that uh, repeat the chorus of a day in the life. Oh, Yoko, he says, I love to turn you on in the chorus of that. He had already used that one. Did he, did he not realize that? Like, I, I don't get that. 
he's referring to the earlier song. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. I don't think it's because he ran out of ideas. He was showing you the continuum. Do you, you think that's the case? Yeah. And that now he had found Yoko, and, and that was... He, he might, right, he might have been saying, bye-bye, Beatles. Right. I've done this before, but I'm doing it again in a different way. Right. George, 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 um, George. I'll tell you, Within You and Without You is a fantastic song, particularly oh, on vinyl. Oh, my God. Have you ever heard the mono version, Fredericks? Well, I can put my tuner on mono. Does it no, work? no, it's a different mix. It's, oh, just, okay. it's just a different, you know. Let me look. It would be a 50-50 shot if it is, because so, it, I think they were still making them in mono fairly regularly up until... But in America, you bought stereo. They didn't really sell them mono. Oh, well, mine's probably uh, oh, yeah. American. But I also don't know anything from about them. But I guess I might as well just keep it that way at this point. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know anything about him either, but... Yeah. So can I ask you guys, I've never listened to Howard Stern, and I never thought about it. Is it actually good? Oh, uh, yeah, it can be funny. Now? No, no, no. Oh well, not now. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. Back when Artie was on the show, it was it was kind of funny. Um, oh, so Artie Lang isn't on the show anymore. No. Okay. He I've had heard. his own. Well, we had a podcast with um, oh that that that, that comedian that uh, that Tom hates the the right wing guy, uh, Nick DePaulo. Uh, oh. Something, yeah. and then he had his own show, hissing in a trash can, or, and that got canceled. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, I didn't think the, uh, the, the only problem I had with that podcast, the whole philosophy thing. Oh, you think they were too dumb? No, they, they didn't know anything about the, about the philosopher they were like talking Like I said, I think part of that is what the charm is. It's, it's got nothing to do with them being too dumb, but they're just, they're just reading quotes from this philosopher and... Mm -hmm. You're not really getting the gist of what just kind of looking at the quotes, and that, that was only like a five, ten minute section of the show. Well, I agree, Cormac, and that was Artie Lang. He is not the one that I would have chosen. I would have chosen a guy named, oh, what's his name? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, you posted a video, or yeah. someone posted a video. Yeah, his name redacted. That's right. Yes, yeah. he is yeah, smart and funny, and when he he knows the topic, and he is mind-blowing. And like I said, Andy Kindler, when he reads Michel Foucault, which is notoriously dense, he cuts right to the chase, and I was like, holy crap. We only picked Artie because that was the one that everybody knew. That but, was the but, but the host... Uh... I, I mean, I would expect him to know something about. It. He he just kind of picks a philosopher like uh, at random and it. doesn't know anything about the he person. Has, no, he doesn't. He has somebody else pick it. He's yeah. got, he's got a guy that has a philosophy degree, and he says, "See if you can get this comedian well, why, to why talk about he, this philosopher." Why, why doesn't he bring that guy on the? Yeah, that's that was what I, I was think thinking. he's been on. I think they do like discussions about it. Now you guys put me on the spot. I, I love I, the show. Now I feel bad about I, it. I, 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 
I thought the charm of the show would be someone who knew a lot about a particular philosopher talking to a comedian who knew nothing about it, but it turns out to be two comedians who know nothing know nothing about the uh, philosopher who's supposed to be the subject of the show. That's the way I like it. And the guy's name is Alex Fosella. Okay. And he's the guy that does, like, the matchmaking, if you will. No, nothing about it. But I thought it was great, and sometimes they have all kinds of interesting things pop out of it. Is the host, like, a popular comedian? I don't think so, because nobody I talk to seems to know who he is. Yeah. But he does make a living that way, so he's moderately popular. Yeah, that's one thing I learned from listening to the shows like Mark Marin and stuff, is that there's a hell of a lot more people making a... And, and what people come off is not funny at all, making a living in, on some level in comedy, you know? Yeah, how come I can't do that? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it should be very easy, you know, because some of these people aren't funny at all. <laughs> I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> like the most unfunny people, and they'll be like writers. On, oh, well, maybe that's the thing. I, I mean, maybe when they sit down and write stuff, they're really funny, but... yeah. And they're not great to be. Well, there's a lot of unfunny stuff on television, so you assume that. That's true. Yeah, I guess I'm giving them too much credit. <laughs> and that, I listened to another of that Good. podcast. I which, listened which to the Nesterhoff one, and it bored me to tears. I didn't even make it the whole way through. Yeah. And I forgot that that Nesterhoff dude, he is one of those people. He's not funny. He's not funny. He, at least to my estimation, he's not. He just is really smart about old comedy in the olden days. He's you know? tremendously well-read. Yeah, yeah. And when he decides that he's going to tackle something, he goes in all the way, like you said. Days yeah, with like, get a subscription, to, like full subscription to the entire microfilm of uh, variety, uh, going back to like the vaudeville. Or, or what is yeah, this guy? He used to write for that WFNU blog. Beware the blog. Cliff Nesterhoff, yeah, and Tom liked him, and he talked yeah. about doing something with him. Yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. It's probably still in the chat on Skype somewhere. The, one of the first things I listened to was Lewis Black talking about William James. That was a very good one. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it all depends. And Mark Marin and Baruch Spinoza. Mm-hmm, okay. What's the name of the podcast again? Modern Day Philosopher. Completely uh, disturbing to Corbad because they got uh, the modern uh, day part maybe right, but... <laughs> I, I, was, I was reading this crazy story about a four... It's a... Uh, about this building in, I, I think it was Brazil, a 45-story building. It was half-built, and all these squatters were living in it, and they had their own community, and, and they were recently evicted from uh, from the building. But the, but I, I was looking at pictures of this building, and it just looked crazy. Um, it, it was in, no, Venezuela, not, uh, I'll post uh, a link to the article. Look at some of the, I think this this one picture looks makes it look insane. In a good way, though. You you'd like to be there? It, no, I, I wouldn't like to be there. Um, it, it just looks very interesting. But it's this, a swap, uh, right? This is yeah, yeah. But, but what's 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 so interesting about it is that's forty five stories tall. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, well, if we keep reading like we do, what else can we do? Yeah.
you know, the homeless, uh, you know, the, the homeless camps are going to need second and third stories. They're little tents. You're going to have to send in engineers and stuff. Yeah. All right. That, that, yeah, yeah, like like in uh, Escape from New York, they had a... Um, well, I, I don't know. There were, there were people occupying the... Um, one of the World Trade Center buildings that he that uh, Snake Plissken landed on. Um, have you watched that movie? No. Oh, you should, you should check that out. I did watch the Simon of the Desert, though. Oh, well, I, I haven't seen the movie. It was the craziest picture I could find of her. I, I thought it was like when you were in the nightclub that you may have been done up like that. No, for... no. Did but you like that it? That was delightful. Yeah, yeah I, fun, I watched right? it twice. Forty minutes, twice in a week. Yeah, <laughs> that's two for two for this guy. I wonder if I should stop watching his movies before he messes up. What was up. The, what was the other movie you like? Ah, uh, the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. Oh, so this is uh, well, yeah. he's uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, 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 I think he even... has a bunch of them. I haven't seen the, the a lot of the ones that Mike was talking about, that the ones where he did in Mexico, but all the ones. Angel they, was the one he told me to watch. I, well, maybe I, I should give that one another shot. Actually, the premise of it's really funny. It's like or it, it's interesting. I guess it's not funny, but like there's people like kind of get together for a dinner, and it's just sort of like the ones where the people who couldn't get to dinner, these yeah, people couldn't yeah. leave. Yeah, but it's still all about consumption and manners and hiding yeah. what we're all really about and stuff. Yeah, well, and I think that's good, and I don't think there's anything wrong with going back, you know, to a topic that you're trying to reinforce your point. Yeah. But, man, that Simon thing, although it definitely was cut short, you can tell. They ran out of money, right? Yeah, but he yeah, sure did a so. nice nice job of cutting it and making it work. Who was that band at the end? Did you know them? No, but I mean the name of it was funny. Wasn't it called, they, weren't they called the Radioactive Flesh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But didn't you like when they made the, made the guy move from one pedestal to a higher yeah. one? Yeah. Oh man, I started laughing. Didn't he pull some shit out of his teeth and flesh it and stuff? <laughs> like, so, like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> And then when he was pooping like a deer. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see that one yet? Cormon? Simon of the Desert? Uh-oh. You might be out of the fort. I don't even know if he has a fort. Brian, did you see that one? Uh, I, uh, no. <laughs> okay. Did you, did you hear Artie Lang? Uh, I've heard Artie Lang before, but I did not hear him talking with Marin or any. Or with uh, Danny Lobel about nope. Schopenhauer. Okay. No, I, I haven't heard Artie Lang speak since he, um, uh, what, since what, what, he stabbed himself. Uh, In his stomach, yeah. Yep, multiple times. True, true. They, were, they, they called them, what, exploratory wounds? Yeah. Just kind of seeing what would happen. Yeah. Let's explore. It's curiosity. <laughs> you can write it down as a hypothesis. <laughs> well, and he did say that he thought that suicide was a right. And I did agree with him, by the way. And did you hear where he said he thought he... Oh, no, you wouldn't have heard it. But he, he said he thought he might be doing 
people around him a favor. That was kind of funny. Yeah. And they said, you hurt the people around you. He says, ah, that's not the way I look. Uh, I thought I'd kind of be doing them a favor and ending their problems. Not just mine, you know. I don't think I'd go see him as a stand-up comedian or anything, but he didn't seem like a terrible person. That, no. That uh, Rolling Stone interview I read, he did seem like a rather horrible person. You know, having to leave the prostitute in the other room while he took a call from his wife, but then he didn't want the prostitute stealing anything, so he told her she had to keep clapping her hands the whole time he was out of the room. <laughs> his wife, his Artie's wife, never heard that Artie's girlfriend. Remember, it was always Dana. He never got married. He was always talking about Dana. And I, I, I followed Stern for a while until until I had really, really bad customer service with Sirius, and uh, and I got angry and I said, "Oh, please cancel my subscription." So that's commercial free, though, right? Um, Stern, no. He actually he's he. Uh, he, he gets more um, revenue for them, but he'll occasionally do, like, he'll advertise websites, and, you know, he's got to take pee breaks every now and then. Okay, okay. But the, the commercials are rare, yeah. and they're not, like, they're not frequent. <laughs> yeah, well, that was one thing that always bugged me about cable television, is I, I would have been willing to pay for TV if they didn't have commercials. Somehow there's, there's still a ton of commercials, but I remember... Yeah, well, they always do that. They did it with PBS and NPR and everything, too, you know. You know? I, I remember, yeah, I remember back Nickelodeon used to not... The only commercials Nickelodeon would have would be for other shows they had. And, but now it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't even bother. Well, I'm not a kid anymore, so I don't watch it anymore. Yeah, it's not for you anymore. Well, and uh, if you were still watching, Brian, we're not going to judge you. You go ahead and watch whatever you want to. We're not here. Oh, thanks. I don't think there's anything I want to see on there anymore. Okay. Oh, wait, Fredericks, what did Mike say about that? You talked to him about it, or he talked? He yeah, just... he said he didn't get a chance. Oh, okay. He said, he said things had been crazy. And, and I said, that's what we want you on here for, Mike. So we want to hear about work. And we got to get our masses updated. How can you do this to us? He said, ah, all right, well, I'll see. And then he said he was going to try and see if he could get his computer up. And he's got a backup computer, but it's very old. And he says, I don't even know if he could get Skype. So yeah. I don't know. So little memory. All right, well, I'm going to do one more thing from the... Uh, Hardy Lang thing, and then I'm going to get rid of my paper. And it's actually a Schopenhauer quote. But that mm -hmm. a man can do as he wills, but he can't will what he wills. Yeah, well, I mean, it was explained on the podcast. Yeah, that was a pretty interesting one. Schopenhauer also made the observation that in a situation where one animal is killing another animal, the one getting killed has more negative feelings than the one that is doing the killing gets positive feelings. And that's why people think he was kind of depressive because he thought that the negative outweighed the positive. I didn't expect uh, Danny Lobel to be so... Okay. Um, uh, I wouldn't... I, I, don't, I don't really know. <laughs> 
I knew the Brazilian place, but I don't. I thought I'd seen photographs of it before. I thought yeah, it, but it's a lot cooler than I thought it would be. I'd like to move it. When it's tired, it's tired. Probably have. But now you, now you can, because they've evicted everyone. Oh, I'd let them all move back <laughs> in. Just gotta clean up around here, guys. No violence. <laughs> they apparently had like their own uh, justice system. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, well, those are the new kind of autonomous uh, communities that we're going to have to live in eventually. But then the authorities came in and cleaned everybody out? Well, it was apparently um, dangerous to live in. Well, there isn't. It, it was a, it was a half-built uh, building, so... They could have finished. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it. I guess there'll be something for you to look at in one second. There it is. There you go. Wow. Oh, oh, holy yeah, like cow. Oh, my God. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> 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 like the snazzy hat. I mean, I, I always think it's funny when comedians try to look nice. <laughs> don't really see the point. You know, nobody really believes they're nice. No, I mean they. No, they try to look. Uh, they try to look good. Not, not. I, I mean, I mean visually. Not. Uh, oh, that's not their job. Um, no, I, I, don't, I don't see why you know dressing up and wearing that stupid hat, really. And so, like George Carlin, always wearing the black turtleneck and stuff. That was. He should have wore. Uh, well, no, I mean the black turtleneck is, is one thing, but wearing like these stupid hats and you know suit and. Just... Well, well, what if you're trying to get people not to look at your waist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what about like your Paul F. Tompkins or whatever? That guy always wears a suit. He kind of carries it off, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Go ahead. No, that's I, 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 I think that looks. I think he looks completely stupid. Though. I mean, he's trying to look like a uh, 1920s dandy or, or something. Uh, yeah, I did see. Uh, oh, and uh, you'd rather him in his ballerina leotards? He looked ridiculous. I would say that. But when, I, when he first came, was on TV on, like, Best Week Ever, and he'd just be wearing a suit, I thought he looked all right, you know? Maybe try uh, it. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the current look with the hipster. Well, not the hipster. I, I don't know what that mustache is. And, uh, and the goofy 1920s outfits. Yeah, I, I have seen that. I will agree. With that. That's way beyond what once was. Yeah. <laughs> so where is Mike? His computer's down right now at the moment, I guess. Oh, okay. So he he might come in. So no, like it's, he's off for the night because his computer's oh, okay. down as of late. Said Fredericks, mm. who I believe is out of the fort. Yeah. It was, um, I was actually talking to Mike on Facebook. Uh, I got drunk and started talking to him about uh, this uh, this chat and how uh, <laughs> he says he, he he was saying how oh I I chose Fredericks to host the chat because he's good at it and I can just sit back and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I said, I, I guess it was I wasn't I didn't think it was awful. I listened to two of them, but the second one was just bone dry. So I that was the one I. Well, give it one more chance. I'll give you the guy, Maz Jobrani. Now, just 
Wait one second. I'll, I'll listen again. I don't care. Uh, well, I'm telling you, he knows his stuff. But like I said, the stuff that I was left with the greatest impression of was like the preamble when they were just talking about the Beatles, stuff I could relate to, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, well, that's fine, too. Yeah. And that is kind of the nice thing about the podcast, and you have no idea what you're going to get more of. But Maz really knows what he's talking about, and it, it made me feel a lot different about Iranian uh, faith. I, th I thought it would be nice to have a... I mean, the, the 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 concept sounded good, and I wish there were a podcast like that where you had a, uh, you know, you, you had a funny comedian who knows nothing about the subject that's being talked about, and um, a person who's an expert on the subject. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that that was the flaw in it. Yeah, you might want to drop Danny a line. I don't think he'd be opposed to that. Uh, opposed to what? <laughs> Him learning about, actually learning about philosophy? Yeah, or having actual philosophy professors on. Now tell me what this guy's name is again, who I'm looking for. What episode is it? Do you know that? Um, I'll have to open it up again, but yeah, it won't take me long. Right. I don't think I closed it. Maz, M-A-Z, Jobrani, J-O-B-R-A-N-I. He's probably the only Maz on here. Let me find him. Hang on. Oh, here he is. Yeah, okay. Right after Todd Glass on... John Locke, and that Todd Glass one was kind of interesting because it it almost struck me like a uh, Mark Maron podcast, and it might just be because that's the way Todd Glass is, but he wanted to be right so badly, but could not articulate it, and he said that he'd need to go talk to somebody smart like Paul F. Tompkins or somebody else who could state it more clearly. But he still disagreed with Danny, even though he could not articulate his argument. And I thought that was weird. Say it again. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't understand the last part there. Hang on. Danny made some proposition about God. Yeah. And Todd Glass disagreed with him. But he say, stated that he felt that Danny was wrong, but he could not articulate why. Clearly was, enough. And he was, would need to consult with somebody like Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, you know, okay. All right. Do right. you know what the gist of what uh, Danny said I was? I don't remember exactly. But I do think it just has to do with that there might be something beyond our regular consciousness and that there's other things that exist. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, this, I went through, I listened to a whole bunch all at once, so they did kind of blur. But that was one thing that stood out. But it was it was interesting. I was a little disappointed in Todd rather than saying, well, that's a very good point, Danny. Have you heard Todd Glass on any other podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I heard even where he came out as gay. Yeah. And, I, and I used to hear him when he was on with uh, Jimmy Dore all the time. Okay, because I have heard him on a bunch of things, and I've actually found him entertaining on things, but I think that... I, well, I found him entertaining on one thing. It was fairly recently, but uh, I think that guy's just an idiot. I mean, I might be wrong, but I think he's just not a very bright dude who they who must be very nice who they keep around because they he must make comedians laugh. But I don't see how he's funny at all. And I, for somebody who works in show business, I've never encountered. Well, obviously I never encountered him, but like I've never heard of anybody who seems so clueless by it. He was like seems genuinely baffled by music and movies. 
and like doesn't follow that kind of stuff. Well, he used to be my favorite part of the Jimmy Dore show for a period of time, and then they had some sort of falling out, and I oh, just, and I just presumed it was because Todd was getting funnier than Jimmy. Mm -hmm. See, yeah, I, I heard him on uh, Marin when he came out, and uh, he left little impression on me other than you know the act what he was on there to do. I guess I heard him on there once before that because that was his second appearance. I heard him on the Jake Fogelness show, and I was like, okay, this guy's just a moron. And then I heard him on uh, uh, this dumb podcast that uh, Scott Ackerman has where they talk about, it's called You Talking You Too to Me. <laughs> and is it all about you too? Well, I mean, that's what <laughs> they claimed the premise was, but okay. literal hours would go by where they wouldn't, they'd barely mention you too. Uh, and then other times they would be talking about you too. Trying to do like a career spanning thing. And, and some of it was really funny. Some of it was like anything with, I find with Scott Ackerman. Some of it's very funny. Some of it's very tedious, you know? like Yeah, well, that's how I feel. I never, I don't yeah. think I stay around long enough. And it feels too posed you know it's it there's there's a artifice about it it doesn't feel but i mean sometimes i feel that way when tom and john are doing things you mm -hmm. know i wish tom wouldn't say um so much because it's like that's the giveaway if he's that saying, it's a, uh, that it's kind of routine you mean yeah it's like oh because even earlier on you know when i was still getting fooled once in a while yeah but then yeah. if tom starts saying um then that means it's a bit. It's already mm. written. I mean, that, that's my observation. Maybe I'll have wrong. to pay attention to that. Okay. I remember being fooled by that one. So, well, not, I don't know if I was fooled with it. I was just, like, confused by it when I first started listening. It would be like, I kind of feel like I was getting the show, and then that dude would call, and I'd, keep, I'd suddenly kind of be like, okay, now what is this? Right. And, and, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't ask him his name and stuff like he would with everybody else. Yeah. And I was like, there is something weird going on. Why is he going on for so long? And and actually, a lot of times when they were making references that I didn't understand, I was like, you know, this isn't funny or anything. This is, why is he getting so much time? There, He had a lot of callers beforehand, and now this yeah. one guy is coming out here. It's, it's been 35 minutes. Right, yeah, I, I remember thinking it was crazy how long they were gone for when I first Yeah, I, I, I think that I picked up on it the, the, the first episode because what he was saying, what uh, John was saying was so um, crazy. And and Tom w w wasn't really questioning it. So Right, anybody I mean, else? He, he was, he was, he, yeah, yeah, John was talking about a... Um, a baseball field with like landmines in it, so I, I you know, I, I, I knew this was some sort of bit. Something was up, right? Right. Well, because Tom would have ditched somebody else a long time before if they made a claim like that. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. He was doing "Get Off My Phone" uh, with with all these other people, and then this guy calls, and says all this crazy stuff, and. He has him on for 40 minutes or something, so. Well, and what do you make of Tom calling out for all these uh, trinkets and memorabilia and stuff? Have you guys saw that on the uh, Friends of Tom board? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I can only speculate, but I think it might be. Go ahead. What the hell else? I mean, yeah, maybe some kind Either of... Either that or I'm going to be talking about the perfect Aryan baby. So it's up to you to decide. Uh, well, I'll just speculate. Maybe it's some kind of box set or some kind of book or something. I don't know. I mean... I imagine the book. I imagine something huge. Well, not huge, but like the like the band box set. You know, mm-hmm. it has the CDs and it's like the size of a... Uh, 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 a thin encyclopedia, but you know it's of that size. You know, yeah, fourteen by fourteen with a bound cover, and you open it up, and when they're looking for photos, and they said, "Send us your stuff, and we'll take a photograph and send it back to you." And right, yeah, holy crap! So yeah, I so, saw. So then we then we're on the same wave. Yeah, I'm just some kind of thing that people can buy, you know. Right, and it's going to be like the whole... Uh, yeah, I mean... It's, continuum, I, I, which I guess you kind of have to do if you're going to introduce yourself, you know, with something that's kind of odd and esoteric, and now you're trying to go to a mass audience. There's got to be somewhere for people to go to get caught up. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, the, the thing that they had was that best show Jim's podcast and I didn't think that was I, I often they would see things like maybe on message boards or whatever where people would be asking where to start and I didn't think that was a good place to start at all I mean it would be a place to start if you were totally in on the John calls but right. to me that's a fraction of what the show is yeah and yeah me too I just prefer Tom talking about you know whatever some movie that I've never seen and never will see and him bitching about it, you know, that's the stuff that I always... Oh, yeah, well, well, and one of the first times when I really realized that I thought he was really funny was when he went to see, uh, he said he went to see Speed Racer in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to that like this All week. by himself, <laughs> running up and down the aisle. Yes. Yeah, and I loved him. And I said, God damn, this guy's good. I like that. I like that. And I could see him. And he had his head down, you know, like a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Turned to be a running back, and he was speed racer. And then I said, God, that is great. And I don't care whether he really did it or not. Right. He just yeah. thought of that and said it to a bunch of people. That's good. I like it. Do you, do you, do you think um, this this uh, podcast with the paywall thing will be successful? Is that what's been proposed? Well... Uh, yeah, the, you have to pay for the podcast, I'm sure. I don't uh, think so. I don't think that's been... No, if go yeah. back to the Tom Chats. They're still around. He said, I don't want people to have to pay for it, you... Yeah. That's why I'm doing all this stuff, you apes. Oh, he said he would take advertising. He didn't say anything about... Oh. So you don't right, have to pay pretty, for it. Yeah, yeah, do you think that would be successful, though? No, I think that paying for a podcast is insane, and I mean, and he... Uh, How many people pay for podcasts? Well, well I, I, I mean, what he's proposing, though, what, what you're saying he's proposing, do you think that would be successful? Do you think he'd be able to get advertising? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, the, the only thing that I think we've talked about on here, I think one time when uh, Jason from Huntsville was here, he sort of said the same thing, that, like, the thing about the show not actually being on the radio is... The thing, the main thing it'll lose would be like, 
just people calling in and being like, what is this? Like, what am I listening to? I always thought that those calls made for the greatest. I think that this is, if it becomes an internet radio show, uh, yeah, you know, almost don't be spinning the dial or just happen to be driving through and picking this up, you know? And I think that's the main thing it'll lose, you know? But yeah, we're gonna, you will lose that. But beyond that, I mean, I can't see what else. I mean, it, you know. And he wants it to be on Tuesday nights, and he wants it to be live. <laughs> and he wants to take calls. I mean, he wants to recreate it in a way where he can monetize it. But you're right, Mike, without being able to broadcast. You know, what if Sirius says they like it and decide that they'll put it on one of their... Because they got a lot of channels now, right? Yeah, but I, I doubt that they would put that. Do they have call-in radio shows? Um, I have no idea. They have, uh, <clears throat> uh but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have Sirius, so I don't Okay. Uh, um, <clears throat> so none of us have Sirius then? None of the four? No, no that's, kind of, that's kind of a waste okay. of money, I think. Yeah, well, and now particularly. Yeah, I mean, if you have an if you have an iPod, just. Yep, you can get a stream. Yeah, yeah, you, you can find something. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's possible. I think he's trying to do something different, though. Although mm -hmm. I'll tell you the truth, some of the podcasts I listen to, um, I'm I I think the people are getting to the point where they're going to be able to. Uh, sustain themselves i think Marin has figured that out that's mark Marin, though he's he's a touring comedian so he um does he still tour yeah i think so yeah i mean less now because he's not just that he's uh he has a tv show you know that's the other thing now you know oh, oh yeah i didn't know that was still a thing i yeah the way we talked about it, i thought that was past but i i i think if someone's a, if, if someone's a touring comedian they're much uh more likely to be able to get good guests on their show. Um, I doubt uh, Danny Lobel would have gotten already lying if he weren't a, uh, oh, really? a working comedian. Really? Or based in Los Angeles. I mean, that's yeah, another... Yeah, that seems to be the... And I, don't, I would prefer if Tom never had guests. I mean, I don't... Yeah. Let's, you know, like... Yeah, you pissed yeah. him off when you said but, that. But, but the, um... <laughs> I didn't ever say that, did I? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that would be good for... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...that show fans, but, but the, uh... But to get people into the show, you probably need to have... Some, some content. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. then I guess that, yeah, just, that's just my, and my self... But so Tom's got to get Artie Lang in there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's how I got you guys to listen to Danny Lobel. It wouldn't have worked if I said, how about that uh, Maz Jobrani guy? Yeah. Was, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a good example. <laughs> but Artie Lang, hey. Or, or, or even Todd Glass. To a much lesser degree, I suspect. And, and, and another thing, Tom has burned so many bridges that it might Wait be difficult for him to, no. to, to, to get people on. Um Oh, he, oh, he, he's always two live crew on. He, he's always bashing. Uh, <laughs> it, it seemed like every week he had a new person to make fun of and bash. So, uh, but those people would sometimes turn up, like people he would kind of be dismissive toward. Yeah, like Kevin Smith like, and 
and and Luther. Well, Kevin Smith knew nothing about <laughs> knew nothing about the show. And then the only reason Kevin Smith was on there was that Mike, uh, Mike kind of tricked him into it. Yeah. That was um, possibly like the the one the, the that was a little uncomfortable for me. I thought that was a little disingenuous of them to have him on there after. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even remember it being particularly entertaining either. And I think no, it, it, it wasn't. Just waiting for Tom to say something. You know what I mean? And, and, he, and you know, he didn't do it because he's not a complete jerk. You know, but, but you there know. was. Well, I I felt ambivalent about that, but there was a weird kind of tension that was. Yes, there was. Yeah. Very unique that you don't yeah. see. It. You know, there's a certain genuineness in that that you would never see in a more staged interview setting. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah, we just kind of wandered into the wolf den, not fully, fully understanding what he's doing. Well, and that's kind of Tom's point too. You know that these people are so above everything that they're clueless. And mm. I mean, yeah, a quick Google would have probably produced yeah. shit talking yeah. for years. Yeah. 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 The best, the best part of that, uh, of that interview, I thought, was uh, when when Kevin Smith said uh, he, he asked. Tom, where the station was located, and he said, "Oh, man, uh, you know, maybe I'll come down some." <laughs> like, like he was going to be a regular. Yeah, hey, this has been fun. I want to come back. And then Mike suddenly got unfollowed by him. Yeah, that was after. Oh, uh, yeah, that Mike said that. Yeah, someone had informed uh, Kevin Smith that. Uh, Tom was not a fan of. Yeah, that they had made a monkey out of him. All right, so Kevin Smith. Well, I'm, I'm not really talking. I mean, Kevin Smith would not be the type of person that you, you'd really want to hear on that show. But uh, but he, he's attacked. Um, I don't know who, who is he attacked that, that would be in, that would be in his wheelhouse. Yeah, Chuck Woolery. <laughs> Chuck Woolery's in his wheelhouse. Tom Waits. The funniest ones was when uh, it, it, it wasn't a guy, anybody who I think ever turned. Uh, no, he never turned up on the show. But it was like I think Pat and Oswald was on, and he, once and he said, "Oh, you know who I gave one of the CDs?" And and any time it was somebody who was that big, they were kind of allowed to break the. Maybe they can mention John Worcester by name or whatever, you know. And I remember one time uh, it was kind of funny. I think it was uh, Zach Galifianakis is on. And Tom is all of a sudden talking to somebody off mic going, like, what, what? And then Zach goes, oh, that's Tom's wife that he's talking to. And, you know, I mean, it was like, <laughs> normally that wouldn't be, you know, anything would be acknowledged. Like, she was obviously messing with them, and they were doing something that wasn't supposed to end up on air. And But the, um, Pat and Oswald was on one time, and he's like, oh, you know, I gave some of the CDs to uh, uh, Weird Al. And Tom just immediately goes right into like Mike. I need you uh, to remove the following shows from the archives, as it like because he had been shit talking Weird Al for years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Then and he I, ends he, up with him as a guest. Well, I mean, I think he. I'm surprised he didn't at some point. But I mean, Tom's thing about Weird Al, Weird Al, I think, falls into one of those people that's one of somebody who Tom talks about constantly, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's just somebody who never went away. And all of a sudden got hailed as somebody great, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I always thought Weird Al was pretty bad. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think he's just, and I think... I what don't I understand thought, this, yeah, yeah, well, I don't understand why people are suddenly considering him 
like this uh, this great artist or something. Yeah, like, I think it's because of his oeuvre. Yeah, it's a, he never went away, and he's stay, stuck to his guns. And Apparently, his live show is consistent. He gives you a lot of bang for your, your buck on his live show, and uh, and also all the people who are kind of running comedy now all came up at a time when Weird Al was already in consciousness, so he's just somebody who's always been there. Well, and I don't buy yeah. Weird Al records, but I do remember when I was so totally sick of Beat It, and then I heard Eat It. It felt satisfying. <laughs> that song deflated, you know? <laughs> and even with uh, Smells Like, what did it, I forget what that was. I think it was called Smells Like Nirvana, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. maybe it was, but you know. Raising cattle. Ooh. <laughs> I thought that was good. But it wasn't like something I go, oh, God, I've got to have that. Right. Yeah, or novelty songs like The Streak. I bought that as a single when I was like 20. And I don't think I listened to it more than three times in 50 years or 40 <laughs> years. You, know? you guys don't know that song, right? I know of it because Sharpling talked about it a bunch. In fact, I probably was vaguely aware of it before that, too. Yeah, it was just... People were going through the phase where people were streaking. I don't even remember. When was that a phase? Like when that guy did it at the Oscars and shit, right? Yeah, but in the early 70s, no, they were running across baseball fields and football fields and soccer games. It was streaking. It was an epidemic of sorts. Mm-hmm. And then is it's I can't I don't even remember. Was it Ray Stevens or It sounds right. One of those guys. Jim Stafford Ray it Steve- might have been. Ray Stevens. Yeah. Right. Streak. He likes to shop at Zeke. <laughs> he likes to what? They call him the streak. He likes to show off his physique. I think that was hilarious. There you go, that's right. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and I think this Ray Stevens dude does like uh, conservative shit now, like conservative song parodies. <laughs> like what? What would be a conservative song parody? Like, well, I I heard one. Is that like where you take a a, a, a song that is uh, popular and then make it promote? Uh, like cons- yeah, like yeah. Here's here's one. It's a uh, Obama budget plan. Let's hear what it sounds. Yeah. Like. Have you heard it, Cormod? No, but I, I figured it would just be some sort of Obama. Thing. Oh, I said we'll list her incomes and all her bills. So get the bills, honey, if you will. She got them and stacked them on the table three miles high. Oh. I work two jobs and a wife cleans homes and her daughter babysits and the son mows lawns, but that budget wouldn't balance no matter how we try. Oh. So I said let's do what the government does. It works for them. It might work for us. So I forgot my ethics and morals and swallowed my pride. We took out every credit card we could get. As as annoying as that is, it's only slightly more annoying than Weird Al for me. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you, yeah. 
I like all those Weird Al things. That all, in the last week, he's doing like a video a day. And like I couldn't be bothered on two levels because one I barely know, I'm familiar with I'm familiar with barely any of the source songs like like I don't know what the songs he's parodying are and oh. the other and just like I don't really yeah it's just not for me you know <laughs> I might get more of a kick out of Ray Stevens because with that dude at least you're like you're getting a glimpse of that. <laughs> there's some that there this is three million views this video on Obama's budget plan. Who are those three million sick guys who are watching that? How many people saw the streak? Well, the video for it that I was just looking at seems like it's it kind of like... It, it's definitely not from 74, you know? Right. Which is oh. when the song is from. It looks like he kind of like retrofitted a video on there. But that's had three million as well. Uh, yeah! And a half million. See, there, there's, a, there's something going on. We're not a part of them. <laughs> We're kind of over here. Well, that is strange. Three million, huh? Yeah, but I mean, I bet there's probably a dozen streak videos on YouTube. Yeah, well, some with actual streakers in them, too. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? The original. Just had a no, and it did start in, like, the early 70s, and I think that that was, like, uh, you know, the, the hippie uh, disruption of order idea. <laughs> but then it just became an yeah. exhibitionist game. Oh, much like the discreet charms of the bourgeoisie. Yeah. He was under my... Exposing your penis as a revolutionary cat. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> Give me nudity or give me death. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, so in, you're right. In the early 70s, it seems to be when it's... Yeah, I was a ...like captured people's imagination, right? Yeah, it was, a, it was just a madness. It was like... And it was like totally safe in reality. You know, nobody ever really got hurt from streaking. Right. But then the media made this big deal about it, and then... Ray Stevens cashed in on it just as it was at its peak, you know, probably cleared close to a million dollars. Well, a million hits at this point, you know, it's 40 years later. Yeah. Who the fuck is buying that record? I don't know. said he bought it. Who's what? Yeah, I was 12 year olds. Oh, yeah. It was a number one hit. Yes! It was. Billboard at top 100, peak position, number one. Yeah! One on the country charts, number 12 on the hot adult contemporary tracks. Number one in Canada, number one in. Hey, where's Doom? You can ask him about it. Number one in the UK charts, I should say. I don't think that they may come through singles differently. Number one in New Zealand. It only made it to number two in Ireland and Australia. The Danes brought to number 26. It was a huge hit. He probably cleared several million over that. <laughs> so good for Ray Stevens, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> And that guy, and that guy of all people, is pissed off about. Well, I guess he's, he's not pissed off. Probably about paying taxes. Right. Yeah. But so somebody yeah, needs to do it on. Royalties. Somebody needs to do it on like planking or something. Then, right? That would be the yeah, like yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Weird Al. But you know, trends like that are just so short lived now. You know. Yeah, I mean, planking isn't. <laughs> 
I mean, I only, I, I thought that was just some, like, small, stupid YouTube thing that was uh, uh, probably nothing, like, uh, streaking. And most people don't know what that is. With, uh, but, ugh, anyway. I can always tell when, like, one of those online trends, like the Harlem Shake or planking, is, like, at its end because I hear the women in my office talking about it. Like, that's my yardstick. I, I've never even heard of the Harlem shit. I don't know what that is. It's some sort of YouTube phenomenon that I've never really investigated. But it was based on people making millions of copycat videos on some song or something. Streaking, I guess. I mean, I even heard, I heard of, you know, that being a thing. It, it, it would just be kind of pathetic to do anything. Planking or any anything that's that's big these days would just be. Well, it would have to be like do the selfie, right? Like do the selfie. Like do like do this like do like do this like do the selfie. Like do the selfie. Like do like do this like do like do this like do the selfie. Like do the selfie. Like do the selfie. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I think there was a selfie novelty song that wouldn't have reached us. Let me see. Have you guys seen this concentration camp selfie? That uh... yeah. Justin Bieber? No. No. Some... No. No. Some girl. And I, I, I saw some other concentration camp selfies. Well, I like, at this. Well, well, what is it? Hey, look, this is me, and where. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Crazy about it, but I think there's stuff that we could get. I, I found the link here. I think there's better stuff that we could all get upset about. Oh, you have another one? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Having a wonderful time at Auschwitz. And no regrets. <laughs> I, I think I saw this John Quirk one. And there's there's one of a of some kid giving a thumbs up at the Holocaust Memorial. Here, I'll post the. But I don't find that stuff nearly as offensive as the discussion we had about the Holocaust or the 9/11 museum selling all those cheap trinkets, and that's coming. Oh, that, yeah, that's. Uh, no, like, I can't you can't do dumb stupid. I read an incredible article, opinion piece. Oh, I should have saved it. And it was a guy whose brother had died in it. He says, yeah, this would, this would be really great to have, uh, you know, a memorial for where your brother died, where tourists from Switzerland can bring in their kids who only want to find a place to go pee and have an ice cream. You know, it's, it's the right way to honor something. <laughs> I, I, I think it's in my family, you know. To uh, have a have a memorial for when my dad got hit by a car, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's funny that that such a big deal was made about the mosque. Far like, like no, no one's protested. No one's no one's protesting this uh, this 9/11 gift shop. Yeah. Oh well, I heard a guy on Dan Carlin. He was he was something else. He was one of the guys from the Young Turks. You familiar with those guys? Yeah, with uh, that guy's name. Uh, it's it's some. Oh, uh, Se Sank. Uh, Indian Ginker. Oh man. He's Armenian. Yo, yeah, maybe that's what it. But well, that's interesting. Cause so is David Barsamyan. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And, and I, I know people have criticized him for denying the uh, 
Armenian uh, genocide. He denies it happened. I, I don't know what 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 kind of denial. Uh, I know I don't think he denied it happened, but he uh, denies certain aspects of it. Wow. That it wasn't like a systemized something like that. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, that's yeah. Well, he does seem like that kind of detail guy. But he was saying that you know now that the Supreme Court has just gone over to corporatism, there is nothing that we can do except for try to amend the Constitution and get money out of elections. There's a group called Move to Amend. And he said, that's really, at this point, that's the only thing you can do. Because, you know, you can propose all the good laws you like, but when both parties are so completely owned, and now the Supreme Court gone absolutely bonkers, or at least, you know, five out of nine of them. Are off the rockers. It comes I know about off the rock. I mean, just they're working for... Uh, money and interest. Right, wholly and completely, and then, you know... Have you watched the new John Oliver show? Um, no. Uh, I, 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 I like it a lot. I think it's... Night? Yeah, or last night this week, or... Yeah, I, I think it's a lot better than The Daily Show in terms of... I did see a segment stuff. from it that was fantastic. And it's funnier, too. Run its course. I'm sorry to interject, but is that show kind of way past its prime? The Daily Show? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I haven't watched well, it. I, I, I never thought it was. I always hated that show, so. Mm -hmm. but, no, uh, I still, I still, I mean, I don't watch TV, but I will occasionally <laughs> see his commentary on things, if that means anything, more mm -hmm. often than I check Colbert. But yeah, John Oliver, That's I haven't right. added to my circle. I did see one thing, and it was, yeah, it seemed almost a little bit more investigative journalist-y. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's what's good about it. It's I like guess uh, a little more gravitas, which seems ridiculous to say. Well, not not not, not gravitas, <laughs> but but you know, John Stewart will spend like a minute on a story, and John Oliver will spend ten, fifteen minutes on on something. Gotcha. Uh, and John Stewart's whole shtick is just like cursing, where they bleep out curses, like yeah. Right? Like, that's so dumb. And, like, repeating lines from The Simpsons from 20 years yeah, ago. Like, yeah. That dude's not funny at all, in my opinion. But. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I, I like John Oliver. I like uh, I like Colbert a lot. But, unfortunately, he's taking over Letterman's spot, which... And he's going to not do it as Colbert. So will he go back to being Stephen Colbert, then? <laughs> But I believe um, that was his name. Well, so I mean, I mean, it's not like he changed it to from Colbert to Colbert when he started the Colbert Report. Yes, he did. It, no, it was always it was Colbert when he was just a comedian. No, I think he did that just to piss off Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Maybe that's what Bill O'Reilly thinks. Of. Because Bill O'Reilly hates the French. I will say this. Was, yeah, I do like John Oliver, and he was in Florida not that long ago. I wish he had rung me up. <laughs> hey, Frederick. Hey, Frederick. I want to be over in uh, Miami Beach investigating a couple whose house got foreclosed. Want to go swing by the pub afterwards? Have a it, 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 it's not. It, it, it's not really. In, I mean, it's it's a goofy comedy show, but it's better than the Daily Show or the Colbert Report in, uh, in, in covering a, a subject. 
I think you're almost also implying that he takes a more... I, I think he's actually... Uh, <laughs> more of a journalist. No, he's not, no, no, he's not more of a journalist. I, I'm just saying he, he spends more time on the subjects making... Uh, which, which makes the jokes funnier because he can continue on with a thing for... Uh, he, he can sort of build up a... Uh, <clears throat> Build up his jokes about a certain subject. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So but, uh, extended, like, pieces, and then and he can build up power so that when he gets yeah. to the punchline, it's got a lot more power. Yeah, yeah, than Something yeah. that gets delivered in ten seconds and, or whatever. Yeah, and, and there's there, there are no celebrity interviews, which is makes it a big improvement over. Yeah, uh, that's weak. Yeah. Well, you didn't yeah. like Colbert, like when he interviewed Neil deGrasse Tyson and stuff like that. Well, no, I'm talking about actors, oh, like plugging their movies. I mean, that that was that's a oh, I don't want uh, I don't a common thing on uh, Colbert and The Daily Show. Oh, see, that's one of the benefits of people no, he, he he would he would have Neil deGrasse Tyson on this show. I mean, he had Bill Nye, but it's not like he has these guys on his show to plug something. Mm. He has. He just has them on the, you know, if, in case he's talking about. I mean, he's talking about global warming, so he had uh, Bill Nye on to just talk about it for a bit. <clears throat> no, no, no. He actually. That was that was basically part of the punchline, and I thought that was so awesome. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, yeah. The, what he did is. <laughs> He was sick of people giving equal time to uh, people who deny climate change. So what he had is he had um, like nine uh, climate change deniers debating 90. Um, or it, was 90 exactly, it was actually smaller than that. It was the, the it was three, yeah. and I think like 97. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was great. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that was that was funny. Now that was John Oliver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, that's a bigger concept. Almost sounds like a bigger budget, too. If you can get... Uh, yeah, I guess. Because, you know, John Stewart, you can tell it's a shoestring, and a lot of that... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I kind of like that little shoestring. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure John, uh, John Stewart could have, you know, 100 people rush onto a stage <laughs> if he wanted to. Um, but, uh... If he could have conceived of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's um. So you think he's too cheap, and John Oliver is willing to pay out the big bucks? He's got HBO money. Yeah, yeah. There, there is there is nudity on the that makes it. On that's another show. <laughs> yeah, well, there was there was an old man's. Uh, he did an attack ad. On, uh, he did a mock attack ad on uh, an McConnell. old man's penis, and he kept showing. Uh, in, in the attack ad, he kept showing an old man's penis. He kept showing an old man's penis. <laughs> 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 old man's penis. He said no to Medicaid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that upset a lot of people who saw, like, at the beginning of the show where they, where they say, oh, you know, uh, adult language, nudity. nudity. Please use discretion. <laughs> And that's what they get. Oh, my God. Well, maybe John Oliver just doesn't give a shit. Maybe that's what it is. John Stewart's got something to lose. John Oliver's got something to prove.
Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think John Stewart just, um, I mean, he's got all these personal vendettas against people on Fox News. Yeah. And he spends a lot of time just attacking them instead of, like, discussing issues. I, I mean, oh, one, one, th- one, one thing I notice is that um, John Oliver does not really, he doesn't spend a lot of his time just bashing Republicans. Um, he kind of, he kind of just talks about why Republican is stupid. He'll talk about, um, well, he'll, he'll talk about campaign, um, finance and stuff like that and not just right. Partisan. Yeah. Not, not really partisan and stuff. Well, that, that is good. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. He, he did this, he, he did actually a really good 15 minute segment on FIFA and how corrupt they are. Uh, FIFA, the, the soccer organization. Uh, International Soccer Organization. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know that. But... And how, how they kind of, for Brazil to host the... Oh, the, uh, yes, 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 yes. Up. They had them build this, this stupid arena in the middle of nowhere. And, yeah, and now... Well, and Stan was saying the same thing about Sochi and stuff like that. Was that the same article where they said, well, now next time the only people that are going to be able to afford to do it is like Qatar or something like that? Well, I, I don't I don't know about the wait what article you're talking about. I'm just talking about I the, don't know. the segment I watched I on. Uh, well, I think it was about yeah. that or it yeah, was somebody. Yeah, was I mean, I'm sure the Olympics are similar. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and they were just saying that how these big events are just such money losers, and people think they're going to get something out of it, but they end up with these big, huge, empty bowls and, and huge amounts of debt, and then everybody's gone. Yeah. And that, oh, that's what it was, and that, that might that have been Putin, Stan. That, the, they proposed that Putin went well, into just, the Ukraine just to distract people from what kind of debt they had gone into for trying to get the Olympics there. Hmm. And the way the money is getting distributed in our world now, there's... That is what Stan said, you're right, yeah. ...was destroying, like Obama was the reason that America was going downhill or something. Or, or, or. He wanted to be emperor, you know, it's just stupid shit. Okay. Sponsor the whole damn thing themselves. Yeah, it, it's kind of, a, there were actually riots. Well, not, I don't know if there were riots in this protest in, in Brazil about in the... In Brazil there were riots. There was violence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, like, yeah I, I imagine. Crazy. We got people starving and you're building, you're tearing down the rainforest, no less. Yeah. Yeah. To put up a stadium for four games or even, say, a month's worth of games, which I don't think it was, but there's just no logic to it. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, John Oliver also pointed out that uh, FIFA refers to itself as a nonprofit organization, even though it's making tons of money off this stuff. And, and by referring to themselves as the nonprofit organization, they kind of force these countries' uh, hands to... Uh, to, to put in all this money. Well, you know, I mean, they have to be idiots. Oh. The idiots, the idiots, the idiots. Back to the Young Turks guy. But he made a couple observations like that. He was on with Dan Carlin, and it was nice not hearing Dan Carlin droning on by himself. He actually got to talk to somebody. <clears throat> I, I, I do like the hardcore history stuff where he's just droning on by himself. Oh, and, and, <laughs> as, and, as ridiculous as he is. 
sometimes. It's it's pretty great. Oh, it is, and he and you know messing around. He takes this very seriously. Oh yeah, he and he, he spends so much time on those uh, on each podcast. Uh, the hardcore history ones, anyway. I don't know about the the, the other ones, but but he he spends months on on constructing those. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but usually he's pretty insightful, and then every once in a while he'll say something that really kind of blows my mind. Like he was talking about Robert Fisk, who is a, a documentary filmmaker that goes overseas into war zones and mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. and does incredible deep investigations of corruption and child abuse and and war crime. And then Dan says, you know, the problem with his movies, though is every time you watch it, you say, my God, this is horrible. We have to do something about it. But by saying we have to do something about it, you are saying that you want America to get involved in the activities in another country, which we do not have a very good history of. And I actually have it. I can't bring myself to watch. You've got to get it. I mean, you're you're just kind of what he says, but... uh... The way he says so. Oh, so. You watch these movies, and um, oh, they're so they're so horrific. And when you get to the end of them, you say, um, "We gotta do something about this," without thinking about <laughs> what the long-term result's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. And if you just look back just a little bit, you'll see. It's it's so dramatic. We've already I mean, it rivals... done this before, and it didn't work out. It, it rivals Alex Jones in the way. It's crazy. <laughs> That's why I have the house has to be empty. Nobody else can stand to listen to him. Because <laughs> he's so intense. <laughs> so PC, you thinking about listening to some Dan Carlin? I no. <laughs> well, you, you I really think should. I just want if I can listen to that. It sounds interesting, but I mean, like, you think they're super long? Um, the, uh, hardcore history ones are. No, yeah, that's all right. I'd rather have you listen to Danny Lobel and that Maz Joe Brani guy. <laughs> think about it, people. When you think about radio hosts, I mean, some of them are 160 pounds. Some of them are 170. But then... Some might go double that, 340, 350, and this is, it's unsustainable, but you have to listen. (laughs) Yeah, we'll convince PC and Brian and Epic, they'll come around. (laughs) Epic saying, what do you mean come around? I got my headphones on. Listening to the Roman Empire. Yeah, where is he at in his history now, Cormac? Uh, he's on World War One. Oh my God, that is when things really got berserk. Yeah, he. Um, it's it's unfortunate that 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 uh, that all the um, the Roman Empire one is is, is uh, you have to pay for that. So yeah, that sucks. But uh, the World War One the World War One uh, episodes. So and unfortunately, it's a bit to get to the to the meat of the the podcast. But when when he when he gets started on um, actually describing the, the events, it's it's pretty good. He, he'll 
he'll kind of go on a little rant about why World War One is a you know a long preface. Yeah, yeah, it's just stuff you don't really need to. Stuff you don't need to know. Yeah, well, you that's really... why they got the fast forward feature. Yeah. And that's kind of what I do with Danny LaBelle with some yeah, of them. Fast forward, you missed all the good stuff about John Lennon. I did. I forgot <laughs> about that. But I've got plans. Yeah, I don't think that anybody uh, would report you. I think Hardy White might. What's that? Well, actually, I quite like Hardy White. You guys listen to him, any of you guys? I can't even remember. No. Not. Um, I, I've seen some videos, but. Yeah, I got two of his DVDs. <laughs> But yeah, he's a good he's a good weird storyteller. And most of the stories, while they don't have a point, they do hold together rather nicely. He's on WFMU? Yeah. He's oh. on right after uh Clay Pigeon on Thursdays. Okay. Yeah, I mean if you wanna check him out, you should watch uh, some of his YouTube videos. Because those are Yo Bubba Bubba. <laughs> Sitting by a fire by a le- a little uh hut that he seems to have built. Awesome job on that one. He's quite, he's quite the man. He's a character. Former Florida guy. Yeah. For some reason, Clay keeps saying he's in Alabama, but I swear he's in Kentucky. Can you find that out? Just by... Yeah. But I'd rather wait and see what comes to me. Yeah. But sometimes he, he has like, you know he's got like jazz musicians in there improvising while he's telling the story. He does some pretty interesting things. And he, yeah. and, and he tries not to say anything bad or harmful. He'll just throw something absurd at people and maybe make them see that they're being absurd. I could be totally wrong about that. <laughs> and and uh, Epic, did you finish your Molotnov book yet? Oh, I was reading this. Oh, Brian, I'm sorry. I thought it was Epic that was reading it. No, I, I finished the, the Drunkard's Walk, and it was good. And then so I picked up Subliminal, but um, but I'm, I'm st- still uh, still forcing my way through that one because, uh, yeah, because uh, I met a girl at a show the other day. She wanted to swap books with me, and I'm like, well, that, that's cool as hell. So, hey, yeah. Just so I'm reading up. I'm reading a book of, of Chuck Eddy's uh, criticisms about rock and then this book by C. Carr from The Village Voice about, about uh, performance art throughout the uh, 80s and 90s. Does sound like a very interesting girl you got there. Yeah, yeah, I know. So you get... Yeah, yeah, I met, I met her at the Swans show, so she, like, digs swans, so I'm like, oh, yeah, you're, you're cool as shit. Well, <laughs> yeah, we got something going on here. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is wonderful. Yeah. And, and she's, she lives in Buffalo, too, so I'm moving to Buffalo soon enough. So. My goodness. You're just a bearer of good news. Yeah, everything's coming up you lately. That's oh, cool. man, I just don't want another shoe to drop. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, as Milano said, you know, streaks happen. Streaks yeah. of luck. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Things come together and they come apart. And that's, uh, yes, they do. And you can't always predict when, where, but don't attach too much meaning to it because it's probably just random. Right.